Hello all you gore fiends and horror hounds, this is Brett from Dimension Z. This week I am joined again by, uh, what was it, um, Gorishly Greg? I forget what I... <laughs> I don't remember what name you gave me. It was something with a G though, there's some alliteration going on. It was something completely off, by, off the top of my head late at night when I was like 10 beers in. So I have, oh, I don't remember it, <laughs> but Greg's back. Yeah, I'm here. I, I was given the week off. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was fun being able to talk to Rob uh, about Dawn of the Dead. Cause he seemed like really, he seemed like Dawn of the Dead the way I am with Friday the 13th. Yeah. Rob loves the Romero stuff. He always has. Which like, we had already talked that we want to do the, um, like, I know he has more than just the three movies, but I always think of about it as like the trilogy of Romero. Of oh yeah, dawn and day. So at some yeah, point those are like because the rest are still Romero, but they definitely get different. Yeah, they um they f- have a definitely yeah exactly a much different feel, much more modern feel where those ones just seem so gre- gritty and whatnot, you know. Yeah, it's they seem more DIY too. Yeah. Well, um, I want to welcome everyone to what's going to be the uh, last episode uh, right before Halloween. It will come out the day before Halloween. And it so is All Hallows' to... Eve right now. Yeah, yeah, we're, what was it, Mischief Night? Yeah, something so like that. <laughs> everyone's running around with toilet paper and eggs and whatnot. I never did that. Yeah. Like, I, really I, remember... I can't say I never did. I have TP'd my share of houses. See, because that's something I wish, almost wish I had done at some point, just because I always, you see on, like, these TV specials and, like, movies, that's, like, a huge trope for this time of year is TPing houses and egging houses. I never did it. So I always look at it like I should have like, and now I can't do it because I'm almost 30 and there's yeah, no way. Imagine, like old man Wilson down the street looks out his window, all those damn kids and sees 30 year old Brett throwing toilet paper at his house. I like, I try to run away and I get a stitch in my side and I'm like, Oh, I can't really run that far. <laughs> and, but, um, yeah, that's a, that's a something I never did. I never did like the mischief night type things. I think one time I ran around and like smashed one pumpkin. Oh, see, but, I never smashed the pumpkins because I love jack o' lanterns too much. I, even that one pumpkin I smashed, I was so terrified of getting caught. <laughs> this stick with you for weeks, like they're coming. Well, luckily it was. Um, we had a basically like my parents had a second house we would go up to every once in a while to like spend some time and whatnot. And it was in that town because we had went up to, uh, like, spend Halloween up there. So I wasn't as worried because I didn't live there, but I was still very much, like, until we left. I hope no one saw where I went into, like, which house. <laughs> Someone tracked down the pumpkin smasher. Yeah, all over a jack-o'-lantern. Like. <laughs> Joke's on someone if they want to smash some of my pumpkin, ugh, pumpkins right now. Because some of them, I'm sure if I touch them, my hand's going right through them. Oh yeah, I have like I think I have two on the um on my front porch. I need to shovel off because they are just 
they're mushing like exactly like you like you said if i touched it the uh, structural integrity would go out of it and just oh, yeah. collapse <laughs> so what what movie did we decide on for this halloween episode well i was thinking about doing there's a few different ones that came to mind that i wanted to do um I wanted to do like Halloween six just because it's so ridiculous. And I love that one. Um, Halloween three. I actually generally do love. I think it's a pretty great original story, even though it's pretty fucked up. Oh but yeah. For the first um, Halloween episode of this podcast, I wanted to do the classic 1978 Halloween yeah, what other, like, option is there? I, I feel like, and down the road, maybe for the this time next year, we do two, three, and so on and so forth. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, is, like, every year, like, especially um, the episode before Halloween, I would love to do a Halloween movie, just because this is the series that you, I just immediately think about when I think about October and fall and whatnot. Well, yeah, Halloween is literally in the title. And, like, I know, like, there's a lot of people that will say like what's the ultimate halloween movie they're say like trick or treat uh which i agree is very much up there that's one that i'll watch every october two or three times trick or treat is really steeped in halloween too it's not just horror like it's very steeped in it yeah it's just marinated 100 in just halloween lore and it's just completely all about halloween where the movie halloween from 78 yeah it has a lot to do with halloween you see trick-or-treating you see jack-o'-lanterns you see like you know they're watching horror movies they're carving pumpkins but it's not 100 percent halloween centric oh yeah you could easily swap it for another day and you'd have almost the same movie Right, where that's almost where they got the idea from, where, like, one of the original slasher movies, Black Christmas, where that one did really well, and they were like, okay, well, it's almost how, kind of how, like, the Friday the 13th people kind of ripped off, quote-unquote, Halloween. I, I want to say, takes inspiration from. That's a nice thing. Right. Um, John Carpenter um, saw Black Christmas and was like, well, we can do something like that with another holiday. Yeah. Which one Black that makes Christmas a lot more is, sense. Yeah. But, um, yeah, was, there's, um, yeah, one that they think about all the time with Halloween is like trick or treat. Another great one is Hocus Pocus. That's like really steeped in 100% just Halloween lore. But this oh, yeah. is the one that if I didn't watch this at least four or five times every October, not not even every year, like I'd probably watch this movie about once a month. Yeah. Just because I love it so much. I mean, it's it's the classic Halloween movie. Wait, we are talking about Halloween, not Hocus Pocus. Correct? No, we're talking about Halloween. Okay, okay, so you watch Hocus Pocus every month? <laughs> I mean, not every month, but I probably watch it like four or five probably about four times a year okay that's that's reasonable it just whenever i start kind of getting like sad and i just kind of start thinking about halloween when it's march i'll on <laughs> a hocus pocus and i'll be like it's okay for this you know hour and yeah. a half it's halloween again <laughs> so uh you want to jump into this bad boy yeah um it's one of the be- i believe one of the best openings to a horror movie just there's really no, it just kind of, you get dropped in off of like a point of view camera, which was new at the time. 
to a oh, which even before even before we get to the camera. Wait, does it start with the theme or is the theme after the opening? Well, yeah, it starts with the um, yeah, I believe yeah, it starts with the theme first, and then and the jack o' lantern and everything. Yeah, which the great like it just keeps zooming in on the jack o' lantern, which is great. Yeah, and then you get that theme song, which sets your tone instantly. Yeah, the second, like, I remember when I was first learning guitar, that's one of the first songs that I learned, just because it's so simple, but it's so iconic. Oh, yeah, I play that on guitar. That's how I check my tuning in my top two strings all the time, is the Halloween song. Yeah. Um, I'd love also, like, because we're going to bring up, I would guess, the uh, 2018 movie as well a good bit this episode. I imagine it'll pop up here and there. But, um... I love how uh, the 2018 uh, opening starts as well, where it's like the jack-o'-lantern that's completely, um, like, uh, completely rotted out. And it's completely like how ours are. In. Yeah, exactly. Like the ones on the front porch. And uh, it time lapses backwards where it's completely up. And I also love the new remix score that they did for that one. I did too. And it's it sets your mood right away. Because one, this music is just awesome on its own. Imagine never hearing that and seeing this. It's creepy, but like intriguing at the same time, I guess. Yeah, John Carpenter is not only a great writer and director, his scores just add so much to his movies. Because watching Halloween again, I completely love this movie, but it is pretty slow building for most of it. I mean, there's not even really a whole ton of kills in this movie compared to like, you know, some of the ones, the later ones. Yeah. As, yeah. 100%. That's a big thing, which we will get into. Um, I'd at least imagine we will. So, but yeah, I want to get back to what you were saying. Cause I didn't mean to cut you off, but I did want to touch on that opening. The point of view camera in this is great. And you said this was new at the time. This wasn't used often. No, it was um, it was a new technology for the time, and especially for a movie with such a low of a budget that this one had. Yeah. Um, doesn't his hand look strange in the point of view camera? Yeah, when he goes to reach for the um mask, and it's all like kind of like janking around and whatnot, like it that always did seem weird. And like whenever he puts on the mask and he's stabbing his sister later on, and um, he's like. The one point of view, I mean, it's a cool shot with the camera, but for what they set up with, like, this is Michael's point of view, it makes no sense that he's just watching his own hand stab his sister. It's like, why yeah. is your sister getting stabbed? Like, yeah, this is the thing strange. you're building up to. <laughs> but like we said, it was a POV camera wasn't really, you didn't know yet, like, exactly how to work it. Um, I think the point of view camera also comes in really handy later in the movie because they don't use it again really but they make you think they're using it again yeah they, like, there's a lot of shots where it's um like you're kind of behind michael and you're kind of walking with him but then it kind of he walks into frame there's a couple ones like that um, exactly there's ones like or you think someone's being watched but michael's not even in the scene but just like the camera's so hanging back and doing this in the first scene really sets that you're scared sometimes when the camera's lingering back. You're like, oh, is this from Michael's point of view? Right. Um, yeah, there's a... This movie, what it lacks in kills and, like, actual gore, it makes up with completely with ambiance. Yeah. Just um, the music, the camera shots, just the lighting. Um, like, the silhouette, like, later in the movie of Michael standing um, outside the house, and you just see a silhouette of 
across like in front of the white house that is just so freaky yeah the um oh what was that oh yeah i like that since we are also going to bring up the 2018 it also makes sense to bring up the remake that was done of this movie the rob zombie remake right um i think i like this better we have no idea why this little kid stabbed his sister and murdered her like we don't have a He's always had psychopathic tendencies. He was attacking animals, stuff like that, building up to it. No, he just, random kid in a Halloween costume goes crazy and snaps. That's all we know. We don't know anything else. Yeah, that's what I love so much about the first one, is that there's really no motivation for what he's doing. It doesn't explain it. Like, by the time we get to a Halloween 2, it's like, oh, uh, you know, Lori's his sister and blah, 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 which I never was really a huge fan of that kind of twist in the series. Yeah, but they did it early. <laughs> yeah, they did it early. And it was, and uh, John Carpenter's even admitted be saying like, I didn't know what else to do to make it be able to like, why is Michael Myers still going after this random person? Uh, uh It's his sister. Who cares? Just keep I moving on. I think he could have got away with it just by like, well, she's basically who got away, and now he's fixated on the person. Right, he's so far the only one that he's gone after that's got away, so... Yeah. But yeah, I never enjoyed the sister kind of twist that this series took. Yeah. Um, is- the clown costume is great. I wish what uh, adult Michael would go killing with that jumpsuit on. In the, in the giant clown outfit, so he's basically yes. John Wayne Gacy running around? Pretty much. <laughs> And his shoes have like horns in them. So when he's trying to sneak up behind someone, it's like honk, honk, honk. <laughs> like, What's that? <laughs> but, and then uh, the movie jumps 15 years, right? Well, real quick, I want to bring up before we jump forward uh, Judith and her boyfriend go upstairs. This is in real time. Michael's in the kitchen watching them. He sees them go upstairs. He grabs the knife and he turns back and he's walking back downstairs, putting his shirt back on, which I take to believe as they just had sex. Now, they he was upstairs for 45 seconds. Like every man in this movie, like even later on um, when their couple were having sex in that like other like parents bedroom, which was always thought was weird. They last like 30 seconds and the women are like, oh my God, you were amazing. It was like these poor women in this town. This movie is what made guys think that you can jackhammer for 30 seconds and a woman would be satisfied. Yeah, because each time like they seem completely fine with it. And even Judith Meyer's boyfriend when he's running down the stairs is kind of a dick to her because she's like, will you call me tomorrow? He's like, yeah, I guess. It's a, it's that classic, like, I saw that meme floating around, it's like, boyfriends in horror movies are like, you've been a real bitch since your mom died yesterday. Like, yeah. <laughs> they always are, and it's a trope, but... I wanted to um, bring that real, real quick up, because I, that's, even I remember being, like, in middle school, being like, he's really quick, like... <laughs> yeah, now don't get me wrong, there's things I'm gonna talk shit about this movie on, and I, but, know this, I love this movie. Anything I talk shit on is just because I have to do it for the episode. 
Right, and it's the, even though like I give this is a five star movie for me. This is I couldn't give it perfect enough of a score. There's still little things like that in it that you sit there and you go like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. So yeah, now we jump. What is it? Fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, it's fifteen years into into the future of uh, 1978. So how old does this put Michael? Has it ever been like technically established? I believe at this time he's twenty one. Okay, so that makes sense. He's about, what, six? Yeah, I believe he was six when he first killed um, his sister and got sent to the mental institution. Okay, I was going to say he looks a little big for a six-year-old, but it makes sense because Michael Myers is a very large man. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I think they have him, like, whenever you look up, like, a fictional character's heights, you never, I mean, he varies from movie to movie, but I think they usually have him at about six, eight. Yeah, he's he's... A giant. Yeah. Um. So it jumps forward, and I don't honestly remember the first. Oh, it's Loomis and the new nurse driving to the penitentiary, right? Yeah, we get the um. It's the not first the pen, scene the with, asylum. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's the first scene with a uh, Donald Pleasance as Doctor Loomis, who is like I would put him probably even above Laurie as like because he was in he was well, it's at least in the 80s he was in so many more of the movies than she was. Oh, yeah. And Loomis has always been such a cool character. Yeah, Nika, like, the action figure company, actually just put out a Loomis figure. It's pretty cool looking. Oh, that's great. I know um, Fright Rags, who I get a lot of horror t-shirts from, put out a Loomis shirt the one time. And it just kind of dawned to me of like, yeah, they don't really put out much Loomis merch. Well, it's hard to market just a regular person, you know what I mean? And that's why... Uh, to jump back to the stuff we have to talk about every week, Friday the 13th, it's why the Pamela doesn't get as much love as Jason does. Right, even though she's such a great character and such an iconic character, it's just, she's not going to be anywhere near recognizable as Jason is. Yeah, yeah, you don't have someone in a cool mask. Right. You has got someone, you got a mom in a sweater. <laughs> so this opening scene infuriates me. Okay. I love it, but it's infuriates me like any horror movie does why does she put the window down oh what when she uh when she goes to call for loomis yeah well she they're okay i'm jumping a tiny bit ahead but they pull up and everything the inmates are all out so something has obviously gone on loomis tells her stay in the car and gets out so this should have your danger light going off in your head right right so if someone says, stay in the car, there's a bunch of criminally insane people walking around where they're not supposed to be. The man who's supposed to be the most qualified person is freaking out. Don't put down your window. Yeah, you're surrounded by cuckoos. Yes. And one of them is extremely dangerous. At least one of them. Yeah. Yeah, at least one of them killed his sister at six. Yes, and it hasn't spoken since. Yeah, he just stares at walls. <laughs> yeah, so that that drives me insane. Um, This is also like, the Michael we get here is different than Michael in later movies. As he's jumping on cars, he's driving, which we'll get to. But like, he's just a guy, but he's very limber and fast at this part of the movie. Yeah, I don't think you ever really see, like, I could never imagine, like, Michael from parts five jumping over a fence or something, you know? Like, 
Yeah, he scales yeah. a car in basically like a bathrobe type thing. Yeah, and like, no, he wouldn't scale a fence. He would just walk through the fence. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I don't see Michael being as agile enough to be able to jump on top of a car while it's raining. Yeah, but I mean, he's a 21-year-old spry man. so Right, he hasn't been shot 50 times yet. And the slasher genre really hadn't been invented yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, not a hundred percent. Like there was a few. I mean, there's stuff that's out movie. there, yeah. But, but the eighties were really where it took off. And even though it's Halloween isn't the first slasher movie, it's the one that kind of was the seed that grew so many more of basically what the eighties turned into. It didn't start it, but it was the kickoff of popularity and everything like that with it. Yeah, it was the biggest one at that point. Yeah, so like there's not really like a set of rules quote unquote i know there's not now either but you know what i mean your standards right so i guess like the him jumping on the car and the other stuff in that scenario makes a little more sense but yeah uh he smashes through the window after it's put up then and takes the car and drives away which that's a scene whenever his hand um smashes through the window I saw it once and now I can never unsee it. You definitely see like a pad on the actor's hand with like, it looks like a metal rod to be able to break the window. And of course they have to use something to break the window. They can't just break a window with their own hand. But now that I've seen that, I can never unsee it and neither can you now. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Brett. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's like when someone found that uh, mess up in Jurassic Park like 25 years later, now I can't unsee it. Oh, what's that? Because I've never really watched, like, Jurassic Park and whatnot, so what's that? Oh, the first one, no one caught it for, like, 20... This year, someone finally caught it. And it's when the raptors are entering the kitchen, you know, that famous scene that you've seen memed to death. Yeah. Uh, you can see someone's hand behind the raptor guiding the tailwind. Oh, really? Yeah. And no one caught it all this time until now, and now I can't unsee it. So I love little things like that in movies, though, that they miss. And, like, that just... That will make a movie better for me. Yeah. Um, so he gets in the car and drives away. You received a message from me as I was rewatching this. Yes. Uh, what, what did I tell you? Um, let me look here. Well, anyway, whatever it was, Brett can't find the message. It was, he should not be able to drive, which is not a new take, but still. But I do love that later on in the movie, when Loomis is talking to the other doctor and he's like, how, uh, what do you mean he drove away? Like, he's been locked away since he was six. Like, how did he learn to drive? And Loomis is like, I don't know. Maybe someone told him. <laughs> that is not, a, that doesn't count as an explanation. <laughs> well, I love Loomis is like, I have no fucking idea. Like, what were you doing with him this whole time? <laughs> I feel like that's Carpenter because someone on set's like, how's he drive? He's like, well, shit. I have Loomis say this. Uh, Carpenter's already counting money. He's like, I don't know. Just. Maybe someone told him to drive. I don't give a shit. Just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, Michael drives away and Loomis knows exactly where he's going. Yeah, he's immediately like, and this is another like, this is a trope you'll see through the entire series of immediately he's like, Michael's going to Haddonfield. And even though it's like the sixth movie in the series sometimes, they'll be like, no, nah, he's not going there. How do you know that? You're insane. Like, they never yeah. believe him. So you say, we don't know this for sure. I'm not canceling Trick or Treat. Yeah, these kids need their candy. We are not canceling anything. You know how many teens are supposed to get laid tonight? We're not ruining that for them. <laughs> Babysitters have to 
walk across streets with no pants on for some reason. Totally. Which was <laughs> spoilers, but we will get to. <laughs> but, um. So yeah, he drives away. Loomis knows he's going to Haddonfield, and then we find we meet Lori. Okay, this is when we meet Lori walking out of the Strode house, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Then she's she's walking on her way to go because her father is um the head of a real estate agency. I guess that's what they're called. Um, yeah, something. We're both homeowners. I don't know though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um. But yeah, but she's basically walking to drop off the keys of the Myers place because I guess they have a potential buyer. Yeah, they got to be from out of town, right? Excuse me. What was that? They got to be from out of town, right? Oh, yeah. There's no way that there's somebody from that town unless it's like the very first goth kid. It's like, yes, I will take the Myers house. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's dropping off there. And are we to believe Michael's already in the house? Yeah, at this point, well, uh, yeah, well, at this point, yeah, he would be because um, whenever she drops off the key, he kind of appears behind her. Behind oh, that's the door. right. Yeah. And that's always kind of where, like, you're like, okay, why does Michael pick this group of teenagers or whatever? Well, she is, like, basically one of the first ones he sees, and she walks right up to his house, and he sees her, like, completely. And he probably, at that point, is like, okay, her. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and also, it's like, this is my house. Yeah, that's another thing where, like, that. I love this movie. Another, I think I said this already, kind of, but I love this movie so much just because there's, the plot is just so simple. Crazy guy sees woman, goes, she's on my property, and kind of like you were saying, and goes after her and all of her friends. And it could be that, or like you said, it could be this is the first one I really saw. Like, it leaves the parts that aren't important up to us. Or, uh, you know, she might have uh, reminded him of his sister Judith. Yeah, there's so many. If you look it up online, too, there is no clear-cut answer, which is kind of nice in this case. Sometimes I hate that in this movie, I kind of like that it's up to interpretation. Yeah, it's not always great to have every little thing explained. Yeah, now we're contradicting ourselves from our Jason X episode, but... Yeah, but it depends on what kind of movie you're making. If you're making a Jason X, yes, explain your shit. If you're making a classic, like, Halloween, some stuff can be left up to interpretation. Yeah. I'll say, I think Lori is the best babysitter in the world. She really is. She's up for basically anything. Like, I would... If, like, I don't really think I ever had any babysitters that weren't, like, family... But yeah, uh, yeah, she lets them watch horror movies all night. They're covering jack o' lanterns. They're eating. Yeah, she's going. She's bringing. She's bringing her own pumpkins to this kid's house, which probably costs what she's going to make that night, babysitting to carp. And she legitimately seems to care for this kid even before she gets the house and everything. Well, she's general. She is a generally good person. You can tell. Which I mean, not that her other two friends aren't good people, but they're set up as like, oh, they're the bad kids. Well, it's not even bad. We just don't see anything like this type of characteristics from them. Right. It's not shown because we don't see them as much. No, as soon as they can, they ditch out on everything just to go get laid and get high. <laughs> yes. I mean. Well, I mean. I can't put blame on them. No, I mean, they had fun, and it's Halloween. Yes. Um, so, the when she's in school, nothing too much happens here. Yeah, he, uh, the teacher just ke keeps saying fate over and over again. Yes. <laughs> Which, they that's another thing in each one of these Halloween movies. If there's ever a scene in a classroom, 
the teacher just talks about fate the entire time in the background. Oh, I've never noticed that. Oh yeah, everyone like even I just uh, watched part six. Um, I think last night. Um, and the teacher in the background is just talk going on and on about fate and blah blah blah. So that's another like trope that they continue through the entire series. Yeah, and so after school is where we get like the first stalking parts. Yeah, this at this point is when um. Yeah, Lori, uh, PJ Souls, um, which I, uh, Linda, which I really enjoy PJ Souls in this movie. But yeah. especially since she cannot stop saying totally the entire time. <laughs> oh, um, I'm trying to think which of the girls it is. But the part where she's worried she's being followed by the car and everything. Yeah. And the girl's just talking. And you can tell it's ramble here and say the same thing over and over again and it drives me insane every time oh yeah that's um when uh pj souls uh linda is talking about like i don't need my books i never have my books i have this book and that book and that book i always leave my books i never remember my books no human has ever spoken like that she says books 50 times in 30 seconds yeah but yeah that basically at this point is when you um meet kind of the trio that we follow throughout the movie of uh, Laura uh Lori, Linda and Annie. Yeah. Um Annie is the daughter of the sheriff which later on like to jump forward a little bit and we can come back to like when they're walking and whatnot. But uh Lori and Annie are smoking a joint in their car on their way to their babysitting gigs. Yeah, and Annie sees her father, who is the sheriff, and is like, "Oh my god, my dad!" And instead of just keep driving because he's obviously at an active crime scene, no, we got to immediately pull over and roll down the windows where this entire car is hot boxed like to death. Well, you never know. Like maybe that's a normal thing. If you see your parents, you say hi, and maybe seeing her dad at a crime scene is nothing new. If your dad's a cop, I don't know. But especially if, like, these are, like, high school kids who are smoking weed in their car, and one of them, their father is the sheriff, you would think you would want to avoid that person at all costs. Yeah, you're right. Why are they, and even if they roll up on them and kind of pull over, why don't they roll the windows down way beforehand to kind of get everything, like, all the smoke out of there? Yeah, don't blast him with it right in the face when you get there. Yeah, as soon as he walks up to the car, then they put the window down. It's just like you were saying, it's one of those scenes that I was like, why? Can I also ask, why is Don't Fear the Reaper the go-to weed song for movies? Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, there's definitely more of that ones that I can think of than Don't Fear the Reaper. You know, like, play a Grateful Dead song or even a Pink Floyd song. I wouldn't really think of... It's, it's all it's so many movies though when the characters first start smoking don't fear the reapers randomly on well, it's like anytime um there's a shot in, of a helicopter in vietnam they pick <laughs> fortunate son <laughs> you just feel like you're flying into vietnam anytime that song comes on yeah <laughs> um but yeah that someone robbed the halloween store i guess the costume store and just stole a mask yeah, they had robbed the uh, yeah the local store and stole some rope, a knife, and a Halloween mask. <laughs> like, yes. I wonder what their plans are for the night. Exactly. You think this would kind of tip you off a little more than, uh, darn kids. Like, that's a big thing. Rope, yeah, knife, and mask. <laughs> yeah, and Loomis shows up, too, and asks to speak to the sheriff and kind of explains he's coming home. Which, that was a very... Um, 
Three Stooges-esque scene there where, like, after Loomis kind of talks to the sheriff for a minute and then Loomis is standing at the street corner and, like, he's looking to the left and Michael in the car, Michael is in a car to the right. And as Michael drives right behind Loomis and Loomis just switches which side he's looking at. So he completely misses him. Every the single car time, has, like, he's right the, fucking behind you. And the car has the building's name on the side. Yeah, it has Smith Grove Penitentiary or whatever it is plastered across this giant station wagon. I know the, the car is used so well in this, though. As much as I don't love that he can drive. The car is like the shark in Jaws. Well, that's how I've um, heard Michael in this movie described a lot is that there's just no rhyme or reason to him at all, that his motivation was basically, you're the shark from Jaws. That's yeah, what and, doing. and it's it's spot on. It's 100% perfect. After um, kind of there's the Three Stooges moment with uh, Michael and Loomis, um, was after that it kind of cuts to them while driving to their babysitting gig more and Lori's like I definitely know he smelled it she's like no you're fine it's like no he fucking there's no way he didn't smell that he's just letting you guys off oh yeah it's her dad of course he is yeah no you think he's gonna do cuffer right <laughs> but um, um this is like the, kind of, at this point they're kind of pulling up to the houses that we'll be with for the rest of the night yeah, and Michael's already begun stalking them. He was kind of in the car earlier. Um, oh, we missed the after-school thing, which I I wrote down I wanted to bring up. Um, when What's the boy's name? Is it Tommy? Yeah, Tommy. Tommy Doyle. Yeah, the other kids are teasing him about the boogeyman's gonna get you. He comes out on Halloween, which is obviously a big theme for this movie, the boogeyman. And all the kids are going, he's gonna get you, he's gonna get you! Did you ever hear the song, the cover of I'm Your Boogeyman by Rob Zombie? No. Oh, anyway, that clip is used in the beginning of it. Oh, that's that great. <laughs> he's going to get you. I love Rob Zombie, how he does that with the different movies and uses the different clips from them and whatnot. That's... Yeah, you can tell he's always, before even directing, been a big fan of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, we also missed out on the scene um, we kind of skipped over, I think, because I don't think it's happened yet, where Loomis goes to the graveyard. No, that that hasn't happened yet, actually. Oh, okay. Um, but also, Tommy runs right into Michael. Yeah, runs right into Michael, and well, he's already tripped over his pumpkin. Runs right into Michael, and then goes running away. While Michael, as you rightfully him. should, if there's a giant man in a mask that you ran into, and yeah, this is pre-COVID. Now, if I run into a guy with a mask, I don't think anything of it. No, and hanging right outside of a middle school, I would guess he's in. I took it as it's a small town like the one I grew up in where the high school, elementary, and middle school are all smack dab next to each other. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, runs into Michael, then there's that great another kind of, not point of view shot, but semi point of view of him kind of driving along beside Tommy. Yeah, I, that's another one of those camera things where it's almost like point of view, but it's not, which borrowed from the beginning of the movie. Um, then we get the Loomis uh, gravestone thing and all that stuff. Which I always thought is, um, they kind of did the same kind of thing in the 2018 version. But I do love that thing of, it's like the neighborhood kids, like, oh, why are they doing these pranks? They, they're just stealing a 500, like, I don't know how much, how much a gravestone weighs, but it has to be at least a couple hundred pounds, you would think. Um, a tiny gravestone, maybe 90, but at the average size one like that, 
Yeah, you're looking at 300 pounds at least. Like, oh no, it's just the neighborhood kids. Darn them. Yeah. Like, uh, and then we never get to hear. Do we hear the end story of the graveyard tender man? No, where it's the, um, like the dad that like chopped his family up with the hacksaw. Yeah. Like, I always thought it would be cool if someone did like a short film about like, even like a half hour movie about that movie. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised it never came up again. Like, you know how it was considered Halloween was going to be an anthology for a little bit. Right. I'm surprised that wasn't in the cards to be part of the anthology. That would have been so cool to see if John Carpenter had, like, written or directed, like, that kind of behind the scenes of, oh, this is also something else that happened in Haddonfield. I'm just thinking of, like, Mallrats and Clerks with the dyed mid-backstroke everything like kind of similar to that oh yeah just like yeah i would i love that kind of stuff in films where they're tie it together in a cinematic universe we're like yeah this is just like another fucked up thing that's happened in this town that has nothing to do with michael yeah um so after all this stuff as you said we end up at our our three houses which those silhouettes of those houses are just so it's when you see them immediately when they pull up, it just gives you all those nostalgic Halloween feelings right away. Oh yeah, because there's so many great shots of outside of those houses. What are they watching? The Blob. Um, I know they're watching uh the thing. That's it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's uh, they're watching. I know they're watching the thing, and they might be watching like a Buck Rogers. I'm completely wrong on that, but I know one of them is the thing. Because it's uh, it's not to a Halloween too that we get the uh, you know, every horror movie has to have the thing of if you're watching a horror movie in a horror movie, it's Night of the Living Dead. Dude, I was literally watching scary stories to tell in the dark last night, and Night of the Living Dead was playing. Uh, just the other night, um, Joe Bob had his uh, hol- uh, Halloween hideaway where he had his Halloween special again, and um, he showed Haunt, and in Haunt, they were watching Night of the Living Dead in the background. Yeah, it's uncanny how much it happens. Which I just always, if, if I see that in a movie, I'm like, okay, your movie just went up a whole star point with me, the yeah. fact that you had that in it. Um. So yeah, they're watching the horror movies, and all the kids are... Eat. None of these kids go trick or treating. No, they're all dressed up in costumes and whatnot. But yeah, they're not trick or treating. They're just sitting inside watching horror movies. And also, like the kids that we do see trick or treating, school just let out. All these people just got to their after school locations, and the kids are trick or treating. Yeah, it was still completely daylight out. You're guessing it couldn't have been any later than like five o'clock. Yeah, and... I mean, I've seen trick or treat start sometimes at like six. But still, there's no way this early. Especially back then, I don't know if there was such a set time. Like, I know in, like, our town, usually it's from, like, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. is the scheduled time to go trick-or-treating. I don't know if it was, they had that back then. Yeah, true. But how do you know which houses are doing candy? The lights aren't on yet. Some of the people probably aren't home from work yet. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, with trick-or-treating, like, now, how um, old were you the last time you went trick-or-treating? Um, probably 14. I was going to say, I was 14 the last time I went as well. And I remember, like, I definitely had a costume with a mask because I was like, I'm definitely too old to be trick-or-treating and I don't want to get, 
one of those parents of like, you're too old for trick or treating. We're not going to give you candy. I didn't want to go through that. Yeah, I don't think I got it too bad. It's whatever. If if I have an 85 year old come to my house in a costume, I'm giving them candy. Oh yeah, I mean I've I know like now that we kind of have our own place and whatnot, and we kind of have trick or treating covered ourselves. Like there's times that these. I mean, they must be 16, 17, like high schoolers coming up. And basically they like the one time it was just a paper plate with a rubber band and he had cut eyes out. And I'm like, man, you made an effort. Here you go. Like exactly have a costume on. Yep. Yeah. But that's um also like kind of, that's the scene where Lori is kind of going into her house um, when she's seeing all the trick or treaters and she goes up to her bedroom and you see that great iconic shot of michael watching her through the laundry <laughs> yeah that's that was i also went to a haunted house not too long ago uh not a real house that's haunted a uh, haunted house attraction not too long ago and they still pull that like with all the laundry out and everything is ripped straight from halloween i mean i've also seen online like some people's like just yard decorations i've seen a couple of them where they put up the clotheslines and have like a michael dummy standing behind some sheets and whatnot so that's yeah. one of the most iconic shots in the movie that a lot yeah. of people will remember no i know we're jumping ahead but it's an old movie you guys have seen it can i ask you how does one get stuck in a window <laughs> uh, oh no here comes your stepson <laughs> exactly let's let's be real there's no way in 2020 anyone watching this doesn't instantly go oh here comes step family member what are you doing, stepbrother? Exactly. <laughs> I am stuck. Oh, I know how to get you out. <laughs> yeah, but how how does one get stuck in such a predicament? Yeah, I know. Like, I guess, well, like, you when you see her, like, the window doesn't look like it opens all the way, and she gets her, like, legs stuck in a cabinet. <laughs> yeah, there's no way this wasn't done just for a booty shot, right? Oh, 100%, that's all it was. Also, yes. The scene that got us to that point is she spills like a teaspoon of butter on her shirt and immediately strips down to her underwear and no bra. And like, yes, like she throws like on like the husband's shirt of like the kid that she's babysitting. Like that would usually be called the father, not the husband. (laughs) Yeah, the 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 big guy, the big man house, (laughs) the the grown up. That's the guy. Yeah. The guy that yells, um, <laughs> but yeah, she like throws like the, uh, father's shirt on, which is just really odd. Now she's running around in her underwear. And even though it's okay, it's like, what's Lindsay Wallace? Probably like eight or 10 or something. Like it's still kind of weird. Yeah. It's, if I had babysitter come over and they're just walking around their underwear, I'm, that's definitely raising a flag. Well, especially later, like there's a really weird, uh, line of dialogue where linda and her boyfriend are going over to the house that annie is babysitting in and they're getting out of the van and it's and the boyfriend's starting like okay i'll start by taking your clothes off then we'll take annie's clothes off and then we'll take Lindsay's clothes off and she's like totally it's like Lindsay's 10 yeah that's that's fucked right there it's like what the fuck are you talking about yeah um do you know what, out of these kills here, not so much the kill itself, but the setup for the car one. I love the the terror of the car thing. 
yeah, where like she kind of she gets in and she sees that the windows have like kind of fogged over and she's like, what the fuck? And no, then- it's not that. It's that the car is locked. And she goes back for the keys to unlock yeah. it. And she comes back out to unlock it, but the door's unlocked. Right. So it's like and she sits in, and then it hits her like, wait a minute. This was locked a second ago. But that's all. That's also a really great scene, too, where it's kind of showing from outside the car through the windshield of him kind of silhouetted in the back, kind of choking her. And then she yeah. falls forward onto the horn. Yeah, I like that. Um, I love the ghost. Oh, yeah. When Michael dresses up as a ghost, which is so weird because he kind of does this again in part five where he puts on that like old man mask. But Michael loves to dress up for Halloween as well. It's weird, but like if we want to get again into Michael's psychology a little bit here. There's something with Halloween and dressing up before he killed his sister. He had to put on a mask. And he always wears a mask. And so there's something with Halloween and putting things on relates to the killing for him. What's well, like almost hiding his identity maybe, or something like that. Like there's just, it's another thing that I love so much about it is just cause there's so much left up to you to try to rationalize with it. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the order of things here. Here's where my note taking stopped. And I just started watching. So I'll turn this to you. Well, I know right before the, um, the ghost scene where he comes back into the room and Michael has the sheet over him. Um, Lynn, uh, Lindsay, uh, sorry, Linda's boyfriend, um, went downstairs to go get a, go get some drinks after 30 seconds of furious lovemaking. Oh yes. That was amazing. Apparently we get the great scene of, uh, well, I think his name's, uh, was it Paul? I believe. Yeah. Paul gets, um, speared into the wall and then gets stuck there where his feet are dangling off the ground and we get that great scene of Michael uh, doing the head tilt that yeah. comes back all the time. Yes, and the the sticking to the wall also comes back all the time. Yes, uh, and um, especially those kind of scenes like in Halloween 2, like he takes the scalpel and like lifts up the nurse where her yeah. feet go dangling. So that's another kind of trope that they like to bring back in this series. Which I don't mind at all. Like, everyone has their own methods. That's Michael's. No, and usually they're pretty great scenes, and I love the callbacks in the movies. Yeah. But, um... um and then he's up there with his costume on, kills her. Yeah, and, uh, PJ Souls is going to go and call Lori, and Michael starts strangling PJ Souls, uh, Linda, Linda, whenever, um... She's on the phone with Lori, and Lori thinks that they're that she's having sex on the phone, and it's almost a prank call. Yeah, she's like, oh, gross. when it's like, "Are you okay?" And then Michael picks up the phone and just starts breathing. Yeah, which would be terrifying. Yeah, and like he, she kind of looks at uh, Lori, looks out the window over to the next door house, and um, the lights keep flickering on and off. Then they just go off. So she definitely knows something is wrong. Yes, and Tommy sees the boogeyman. Yeah, that's that great silhouette scene of um, he looks out the window and sees the boogeyman and he's trying to like play a joke on Lindsay Wallace, who's the other kid that's being babysat. Yes. Because at this time, Annie's brought kind of dumped her kid off on Lori now. Yeah, Lori's the responsible one. Which I'm always I always thought, too, because like I'm 
very like i think in money ways i'm like okay so does she get paid for two kids now or does the other one still get paid i'll be like i want at least half your paycheck no Lori took one of those sucker promotions where you get more responsibility but no extra pay yeah but um yeah that's when the kind of he sees it and he backs up into her and they start screaming and uh he gets yelled at again (laughs) well okay that's when okay so uh well linda gets strangled and then Lori knows something's up, so she's going over to investigate, basically, and goes walking through the house, trying to find where they are, because no one's really, all of her friends who are supposed to be over now are all gone. Yeah, and this, like, I don't want to just say what happened in the movie, the, what's great about this is it establishes the slasher picking them off one by one, and we get our first final go- Final girl, final final girl in all of Halloween. Right, and honestly, one of the best final girls slash scream queens ever, and Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh yeah, and this was her first what big role, correct? I believe this was her. It might if it wasn't her first movie, it was definitely her first big role. Yeah, so this went on to Jamie Lee Curtis is a household name. Whether you like Halloween or not. Uh, so if you like Halloween or if you like Activia. Yes. She sells good yogurt that's good for your digestive tract. I yeah. think that's what Activia does. Um, but you know what I mean? Jamie Lee Curtis has always been like an A-tier celebrity for movies and everything. So this really launched her career. And being a great screen queen, great final girl, like this is it. So it's crazy to look back on these roles for people. And, as we said, establishing the picking the friends off. So now it's down to her and the kids. Yeah, and I also like now, like nowadays, Jamie Lee Curtis has kind of embraced her status in horror. And she's really kind of accepted it finally. Because so many years she fought against, like, I don't want to just be known as a final girl scream queen. I'm so much more. And she really was. And she is a good actress. Oh, yeah. That's the problem is you have to establish yourself as more than that but in doing so it can be tricky of hating what you did or just trying to break free from it right and nowadays especially with the uh the 2018 movie that just came out and she's set to do two more um after that one halloween kills and halloween ends now halloween kills is done right it's done and it was supposed to come out this year but the fucking coronavirus pushed back my fucking movie. <laughs> no, I know, dude. I, I'm. Ugh. That's one that I remember when I saw that news that Halloween Kills was being pushed back to 2021, and that was like my breaking point of now everything's happened. <laughs> it's literally geek positive. We're trying to come up with a rule where we're not allowed to say coronavirus ruined it anymore because so many of the things we talk about, we're like, well, we were supposed to have it by now. Yep, yeah, fucking Corona. <laughs> But, um, yeah, Halloween Kills uh, comes out next year, and then I believe then the following year after that, Halloween Ends comes out. Okay. So at least we're getting more. But um, this this is it. So this is our big thing. Loomis still hasn't found Michael. He has no idea. No, he's still just lurking out in the bushes in, in front of the Myers house, scaring children away. <laughs> Lonnie. Lonnie. <laughs> Get your ass away from there. And it's like the only time Loomis smiles uh, the entire series. The only other time I can think of is in part four where he gets picked up by like the um, 
that really old guy in that pickup truck who's like the Jesus freak. Yeah. And he's uh and he gets offered a glass of whiskey and Loomis smiles then as well. That's like the only two times the entire series Loomis ever smiles. Well, he has a rough life. I don't blame him. Yeah, um yeah, how does Michael come to get Lori again? Like how does that actually does he just break into the house? Well, um Lori goes over to the house that Annie was supposed to be babysitting in. That's right. what's going on. And when Lori walks upstairs, she sees Annie's body sprawled out with the Judas Myers headstone right above her. Yeah, which that's- is an awesome visual to see that. And that's another one where, like, the music adds so much to it, because whenever she opens the door, it does that great, and it holds that note, that super yeah. high note. And it's just so creepy. It makes you so uneasy. Um, And then it's on. And we see Michael's face. Yeah, later on in the movie. Yeah, later on we do. Oh, that's um, not here? I'm getting so mixed up now. No, the- well, now it's where all blurs together for me. Yeah, well, basically at that point when Lori walks upstairs and sees Annie's body laying on the bed with Judith Meyer's headstone, that's when um, Paul's body comes swinging out of the closet somehow. Yep, yep. And she opens up the one cabinet door and Linda's body sitting there with the most comic, like, dead person face on where her eyes are, like, just pointed straight up and her mouth's just, like, completely hanging open, like, it's a co- it's a cartoon character playing dead. Yes, but um, might as well have the big X's over the eyes. Yeah, exactly. Um, at that point is when I believe Lori kind of stumbles out into the hallway, and she's standing in front of the doorway, and that's when you see Michael's mask kind of start illuminating and showing up right behind her. Yeah, and that's where she yells at the kids to run, right? Well, that's when she gets stabbed and she falls down the stairs, like over the banister. Yeah. And she goes running out of the house back over to the house that the kids are in. Okay. Now we're, I'm like, I know he's at her house. Yeah. The house she's at. How does, okay. Well, that's where, yeah, she runs over there. She gets back in the house, tells the kids to basically, uh, hide and, um, Michael gets through the window. Uh, he gets stabbed in the throat by Lori with the knitting needle, which um, continuity still keeps up with in the 2018 version, where there's yes, a tiny little hole in the Michael mask, which I love little shit like that. Yeah, it makes a big difference. And that's kind of a bummer. Just It's strange that it wasn't done in the subsequent movies until then. Yeah, even the, um, the, yeah, the later movies... Like, even between each movie, the mask changes. Yeah, I guess Michael has a stash of them. Maybe, we don't know, maybe he stole a bunch of masks. The, the worst one is probably the Part 5 mask that looks just like Nicolas Cage. Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. Ugh. Um, so this, I love, I know I'm jumping around, but the kids got out. Um, I love the closet scene. Oh yeah, that's another one of those iconic, iconic scenes that when you think about this movie, you can't not think about that scene of Laurie goes and hides in the closet. Michael just breaks his way through it with those, um, oh, it's almost like that plastic wood type closet. Yeah, your fake like wood that you put it for trim or something like that. But like, that's what the closet's made out of with the shutters that you can see through. And he breaks through that and she stabs him with a coat hanger. 
stabbed him with the coat hanger in the eye and then stabbed him with the knife in the chest. Yeah, do we ever, like, get a Michael has bad vision? Well, I know in um the 2018 version, they show yeah, his eye and that it's kind of, it's completely, like, whited out now. Okay, good. That's what I was mainly wondering about. Yeah. Also, to bring up the 2018 movie, whenever, like, Lori's kind of stalking Michael through her house, and you see that same kind of closet door, I would, if I went through what Lori went through, and especially, like, the kind of PTSD she seems to have from this incident, would you ever get that kind of closet door again? Hell no! Like, it's 100% the same thing. Even if the house came with it, the first thing I would do would be, like, I'm getting rid of these closet doors. And that's a legitimate psychological thing, not to, like, we like talking about horror, like, I don't like real life horror, like, when terrible things happen, so don't think that I'm comparing the two, but just to show an example, the people who are victims of the Aurora, Colorado shooting from, like, almost 10 years ago, Yeah, I saw an interview with one of the survivors, and they said if they see popcorn, they start having panic attacks, because it was one of the things they saw when everything happened, Right. so, like, there's no way she's having things that are that similar in her house. Especially with, like, how far gone her character is in the series by that point. Yes. But, um, yeah, she, uh, yeah, this is another moment where Lori gets the upper hand completely and could finish off Michael, but drops the knife right beside him and then goes and sets three feet from him with her back to him. <laughs> Even if... I was 100% sure someone was dead who was just trying to kill me, and I killed them. I still don't want to sit down right next to them. I'm like, eh, shut the door. I'm going to sit somewhere else. Oh, yeah, I'm out of that house immediately. I'm not... I'll rest while uh, the cops are with me. Yeah, and it's not even like if I think they're coming back. It's like, there's a dead person. Yeah, I don't want to be around the dead body. Like... Yeah. (laughs) But, um, at this point, uh, is when Lori... Uh, yeah, at this point is, well, uh, she's sent before that scene, she sent the kids out screaming into the night, which alerts Loomis, where then once Michael kind of Nosferatu's himself back up and goes after Lori again, Loomis finally shows up and saves the day and shoots him. I shot him six times. Uh huh. <laughs> which I always, I love all the great memes that, I've seen this year that's come from that. Where I, I've seen a ton of them too. Yeah, the six times shot him six times. I love the one. It's Michael like sprawled out on a bar, and Mike and uh, Loomis is behind the bar, and he's like, "I gave him six shots." Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, like, um, there's been a great bunch of those. We also uh, miss the seeing his face, which is a big thing in these kind of movies. Yeah, as soon as um, yeah, Loomis kind of shows up, and Laurie peel- peels off Michael Myers' mask. And this is the first time that you see his um, face, which for most of the movie, Michael was played by Nick Castle. But for the face unveiling scene, he was played by Tony Moran. Because if you see a picture of Nick Castle during the filming of this movie, he has this giant, like, afro. It's this giant, like, 70s, like, completely, like, poofed out hair. Which would not fit the Michael Myers vibe. I would, but I would have loved to have them peel off the mask, and it's Nick Castle doing one of his goofy faces with that giant hair. That would have been so perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool because it kind of startles him having his mask pulled off too. 
Yeah, he immediately, the only thing he, because he immediately throws it right back on. Even yeah, so it, it takes it back there. to our, does he need a mask to do this stuff? Yeah, where, well, it's almost like a thing of, like, identity or something. You ne- you're not quite sure with the first one what his thing with the masks are, which they kind of explore a lot more with the Rob Zombie Halloween one of he kind of wants to hide his face, he thinks he's ugly, he wants to hide from himself. It reminds me of, did you ever read Alan Moore's Watchmen or see the movie? Yeah, I've uh, I've read it and seen the movie, yeah. Okay, it's kind of like Rorschach to me, where to him, like, the mask is his face. He's like, my face, give me my face, like, shit like that. Yeah, exactly. kind of where the fa- where, yeah, where the mask is his actual face, and he just hates his real face. Yeah. Now, he's not, like, hideously scarred or anything, or either one, honestly, but I'm talking about Michael here, but he seems to need the mask. Yeah, when they pull it off, he seems like just a normal-looking 21-year-old. But yeah, that's, um, at that point is when Loomis shoots him five more times and he fall, Michael falls off the balcony backwards and he goes to look and Michael's gone. Yeah. And then it's always like, uh, the next kind of little bit of dialogue I always thought was a little bit weird where Lori's like, it was the boogeyman. And Loomis was like, of a matter of fact, it was. I always loved the one meme I saw where it was, um, Lori's like, it was the boogeyman. It's like. What are you, 12? No, that was an escaped killer. <laughs> I know, like, think about this. Like, you're a professional, like, doctor dealer with this. I don't know what his actual title is. But it was the boogeyman. No, you have been through a traumatic... You are clearly going through something right now. That was a guy who tried to kill you. Like, he immediately hands her one of his cards and be like, you'll need to call me tomorrow. <laughs> yes, I'll be seeing you very soon. <laughs> Yeah, but that, at that point, Loomis looks over the railing, sees that Michael's gone. The Halloween theme kind of kicks back in, and it does a great shot of you see each location that Michael's been in throughout the entire movie, kind of yeah. showing in quick little clips behind him breathing. The breathing's a big thing throughout the entire series. That's um, his calling card, which is so simple, but it works really well. Yeah, and it, it is. It's just really chilling. Yes, just to hear someone, like, clearly mic'd with the mask, too. Like, you know, when you breathe with, like, a latex mask on, you can hear your breath hitting it. Yeah. And it just works so well, and it's terrifying. I do love to, like, so basically that's where this movie ends, and then the credits roll. Yeah. I love where Halloween 2 kind of picks up, where they kind of recreate the uh, final scene from the first Halloween. And then Loomis runs downstairs to look to see where Michael had landed. And it's like a Looney Tunes style, like outline of his body. Yes. It's no one hits the ground like that from that height. Like it, like he sunk like five inches into the dirt. Like, (laughs) yeah. If you crater to the ground, you're dead. Yeah. I always just love that little touch that they did there because especially, um, when you look at the original movie and where he fell, the grass is so patchy and like shitty. And then it cuts to what's supposed to be 30 seconds later, and the grass is, like, super lush and, like, kind of high. And <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, what are you going to do? It's one of those continuity things that I always think is funny. Yeah. Um, that's all I got on Halloween. Um, my, What are your final thoughts on it? I mean, it's the, like I was saying, it's the ultimate Halloween movie. It's one of my most feel-good movies. Like, if I have a really bad day at work or... 
you know, just something has me down. This is one of those movies I will throw on to kind of pet myself back up. Like it's just, it gets to that like fun, warm center of my heart. Yeah. This I think is, I like horror in general. Like I like different styles of horror. My favorite is always slasher. That's my favorite. So without Halloween, we don't get the slasher game as we know it today. So I am eternally grateful for to this movie for that. Well, especially I have to be 100% eternally grateful for Halloween, because if we didn't get that, I wouldn't have ever, ever gotten my favorite franchise Friday the 13th. Exactly. Because without the success of Halloween, they wouldn't have tried to do kind of their own take on it. Yeah, and it it's obviously still holds up. It still has a massive following. Look at the success. Broke all expectations of the reboot. Well, the 2018, not the reboot. Um, so it's still there. It's still in the public consciousness. That theme song, if you take your kids out trick-or-treating, you will still hear it. So many houses playing just the Halloween theme song on repeat. I saw the Misfits many times. And they would play the John Carpenter Halloween theme right before they'd come out. Like, it's still, everything about this movie is still in the cultural zeitgeist, so it's definitely there. Well, I know whenever I have my music going for, like, trick-or-treating on my porch, I will usually play the John Carpenter Halloween theme for a good amount of the time. You gotta switch it up between that and The Shining. Yeah, and Monster Mash. Yeah, of course. Um, that's all I got on it. Uh, join us next year for Halloween too. Yeah, <laughs> but um, either that or just throw them for a complete loop because I almost really wanted to do Halloween three this year. Yeah, well, we can because let's be honest, we'll hit one of the Halloweens before next year. Oh, we definitely will because I'm gonna definitely want to talk about it and like we're doing another one in December just to say fuck you to Christmas. Yeah. Oh, we gotta do Black Christmas at Christmas. Yeah, at least there are some good horror movies that Krampus or something like that yeah Uh, I had something that I thought of that I wanted to bring up but now I can't think of it of course that's how it always goes you will think of it right when we hit stop recording yeah um Uh, so anyway of all this we obviously reviewed the movie Halloween and now Halloween is coming did how is your marathon of Halloween movies going oh really well um I've been keeping track every um, every movie that I've been watching this year. I've been keeping track on my letterbox. And yeah. I've hit a lot of great ones. The thing that I've noticed with myself this year is I'm hitting a lot of newer movies I've never seen before. Versus just watching the old classic, which is what I usually would do. Yeah, I try to switch it up. I try to do both. Which, um... Let's see, uh, where, like, even just this last week, um, Joe Bob Briggs had his, uh, a new Last Drive-In special, his, uh, Halloween Hideaway, and they had shown Haunt from, uh, 2019, and then they showed Hack-A-Lantern from 1988. Oh, cool. Which neither movie I had ever seen, and Haunt is really great, it's a newer movie, um, it's a lot more creepy than, like, Hack-A-Lantern is. Hack-A-Lantern is just bathed in 80s cheesy gory weirdness yeah which it's a great it's definitely a great second movie and a double feature of okay we're going to end on hack-a-lantern because at that point i was already a few beers in and whatnot and you don't have to pay as much attention 
I've never seen it. I've I've heard of this movie legitimately. I've never seen it though. And on I just watched it a couple days ago. I can't really remember too much about it. I just it's basically I believe it's just a guy in a devil mask running around killing people. Sounds good. Oh, uh, do you have your list? If you need to take a few breaths in between, can I hear it? Yeah, I say I have my list pulled up right now. Um, now, what what did you count for yours? Because I counted September first to current. That's when I start mine. I started my list on uh, October first. Oh, okay. So I definitely have an advantage of you, so we will not compete. Right. Um. So far, I think I have like thirty five movies so far this month, with still a few more days. Uh, yeah, this is obviously isn't our final because we're recording this, so it can come out to you guys. Yeah. Um, the very first movie I watched this month was the original Frankenstein. And then, like, Shudder put on a bunch of good Vincent Price stuff, so I watched, like, uh, The Mask of the Red Desk and House of Usher. Um, then I threw in, like, I, throughout I've been watching a couple of the Halloweens. Like, I watched Halloween Resurrection, which is probably the worst of the entire series. Yes. Um, I watched, let's see, H2, Halloween H2O, which isn't too bad. It is one of those other ones where there's so many different timelines with the Halloween series that this is just yet another one of those. It's like, there's, uh, if Lori lives, if Lori died, uh, then there's Halloween three, which is its own thing. And then there's the Lori's not his sister, which is like the new, uh, way that they're going with everything. Yeah. Um, I finally did watch the original Nosferatu. Oh, I've never actually watched it. I've never seen it before. I've never seen the whole thing before. Now, of course, you see some like the famous clips that, you know, you see either if they're watching like a public domain movie in the background of a horror movie or even on SpongeBob, they use Nosferatu clips. Yeah, Nosferatu. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the hashtag slasher episode. Yeah. Which actually, it is pretty creepy. It's a silent movie, so you just kind of... I was kind of in and out on it, like, how much I was paying attention. Yeah. But it honestly was pretty decent. Huh. Um, All right, run it down. Let me hear it. What's that? The list. I said run it down the rest. Oh, you want to hear every one? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, well, it's, I'll start from the beginning and go to now. Um, okay. You got Frankenstein... Uh, the Old Dark House with, with uh, Boris Karloff. It was him right after his success with Frankenstein. He did this movie, which he's really creepy in this one as well. Um, that had Halloween Resurrection, uh, Beetlejuice, uh, White Zombie with Bella Lugosi, which is actually kind of a pretty boring movie. Um, From Beyond with uh, uh, Barbara Crampton. Um, she's really great in that. It's a Lovecraftian movie. Um, oh, I love Lovecraft stuff. Then there was a Theater of Blood with Vincent Price, which is great. Um, Texas Chainsaw Next Generation with Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> um, Zombie. And then the next one was a new one that had just came on Shudder called the WNUF Halloween Special. I don't huh? know if you had heard of that. No. Um, basically, it's uh, it was made in 2013, and it is supposed to have the feeling of like a found footage thing, but it's like somebody taped this off of television in the mid eighties. Oh, okay. And it's ba it's really good. And the and I don't want to really ruin anything with it. Cause there are a few twists in it that you don't see coming, but it's definitely really worth watching. 
Um, after that, I watched The New York Ripper, which is a uh, Fulci movie from Italy. Um, after that, it was a uh, Amityville. It's about time, which is one of the '90s Amityville movies, which is really weird. Uh, then Mask of the Red Death, uh, Texas Chainsaw Three, Leatherface, uh, House of Usher. I watched Mad Men, uh, Mad Man, uh, the uh, Joe Bob Briggs version where he kind of did the commentary for. I was gonna say I hate to tell you, Mad Men is not a horror movie. No, I Mad Man, Mad Man Marks. Um, after that, I watched Motel Hell, which I love their uh, the tagline for that. It takes all kinds of critters to make Farmer Vincent's fritters. Motel Hell is wild, the watering the heads and everything. Yeah, like, it doesn't make any sense why he plants the bodies in the ground while they're still alive. Like, I get the, um, cutting the vocal cords so they can't scream, but then he, like, hypnotizes them and then breaks their necks and pulls them out of the ground. It makes no sense. No. But it's just so great. Also, the that end scene, uh, the chainsaw fight, is so fucking good with him with farmer vincent with the uh pig head on that makes no sense why he put it on (laughs) but just the visual of it is just so it's not terrifying but it's just so odd and weird and great (laughs) um after that it was a friday the 13th and then never hike in the snow which that's when we went to blairstown yeah uh right after that i did friday the 13th part two uh, then cue the winged serpent, which is a VHS I had just won off of uh, eBay. Then I did Phantasm, Halloween H two O, Nosferatu, Plan Nine from Outer Space, Hail Ed Wood. Um, then I did Science of the Lambs, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six, best Friday the Thirteenth movie in the series. Then I did Dawn of the Dead, which that's what you heard me and Rob talk about uh, last week. Yeah. Um. Then I did The Bride of Frankenstein, which I'll have to watch Son of Frankenstein um, here soon, too, because I always love that trilogy of the first, second, and third of that series. Especially with Son of Frankenstein with Bela Lugosi playing Igor. That really kind of brings a new thing into that series I love. Oh, yeah. Um, then I watched Haunt and hack lantern which, like I said, was part of the uh, Joe Bob Briggs Halloween hideaway. We're basically yeah. like... Uh, for this one and then next season that he's doing um with corona going on they're the they're kind of doing a mini um storyline throughout all of them that they're all stuck up in this cabin alone watching horror movies okay they're doing with it makes sense which the uh yeah the halloween hideaway was really really great um stabby time tv on twitter won the silver bolo uh, for this special, which he does really funny, um, like day in the life of Michael Myers type videos all the time where, um, it'll be like, Oh, Michael Myers plays uh, basketball and it's really funny and whatnot. If you get a chance, check out <laughs> stabby time TV. Um, now I did Halloween five, which is probably the second worst of the entire series. Um, after that, I watch house of a thousand corpses and devil's rejects back to back. Oh, good double feature. I'm going to do a three from hell again, which I think three from hell is pretty good. It's the weakest out of all three of them, but I still think it's really great. And Sherry Moon really still steals that movie. I think three from hell is like you said, the weakest of the series, but the strongest in her performance. 
Yeah, I would put her performance in Three from Hell right up there with her performance in Lord of Salem. Yeah, Lord of Salem is holy shit. She is wild so in that. Which, that's a movie. Lords of Salem is one of those movies I save for Halloween Day. Yeah, that's a good and, point. That's a good... So uh, far than yesterday, the last one I watched was Halloween 6. Uh, the... Was this the... There's the Revenge and there's the Curse. This is the Curse of Michael Myers. The one from 1995 with a weird Paul Rudd in it. Wait, is this Trick or Treat, motherfucker? No, that's Halloween um, Resurrection. Oh, okay. Um, part five is the one where it goes super duper. I mean, sorry, part six. Part six is the one where they go super duper. Fuck. Super duper heavy into the um cult shit. <laughs> How hard is it for us to get Brett to say super duper? Super duper <laughs> cult shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's where like the uh, th- emblem of Thorn comes in a bunch. At the very end, Michael Myers gets taken down by runes. Which are just rocks. Yeah. Stonehenge beats Michael Myers. It's super weird, and it honestly is a really bad Halloween movie, but it's so bad that it's good, and I love it. Yeah. But that's what I got so far. Um, No, we still got until, what, Saturday, so there's going to be quite a few more that I end up watching. Oh, yeah, and I'm going to really step up my game from now to Saturday. I'm going to go through mine... Uh, mind you, I wrote down any Halloween movies too, so not all are 100% horror, but obviously the majority are. Right. Okay, I'm going to take a deep breath here. Uh, <laughs> Halloween 2018. Oh, also, mine ran from September 1st to October 31st, when I start keeping track. Uh, Halloween 2018, Fright Night, It Chapter 2, Crawl, Texas Chainsaw 3D, Terrifier, Happy Death Day, the Babysitter, Killer Queen, Hatchet, Child's Play 2019, The Lost Boys, Jason X, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter, Zombieland, Double Tap, Mom Has a Date with a Vampire, Nightmare on Elm Street, Hellfest, Evil Dead, Scooby-Doo, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, Green Inferno, Cabin in the Woods, The Addams Family, Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, Hatchet 2, Friday the 13th, Jason Lives, Strangers Pray at Night, Hatchet 3, Victor Crowley, Clown Town, Dawn of the Dead, Friday the 13th, you see a theme here, The New Blood, <laughs> Critters, Never Hike Alone, Never Hike in the Snow, Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th, 2009, Friday the 13th, Jason Takes Manhattan, The Shining, Predator, Evil Dead, 2013, Jason Goes to Hell, The Witches, Army of Darkness, The Purge, Election Year, Halloween, Original, Overlord, The Vampire's Assistant, and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is where I'm at currently for 50. Nice. So it's been busy. Yeah, I usually will start, like I started decorating um, before even September and went through. Usually I do keep track of every horror movie I watch from September through October 31st. But of course, the year that I start a podcast, I'm like, I'll start in October. <laughs> yeah, what the hell, bro? You said spooky season starts September 1st, so that's why they, oh, this is where I start keeping track. Yeah. But, um, there, yeah, there's a few of those I've never seen. Like, Green Inferno I've never seen. I've just heard it's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's gore, gore, gore. Which I've seen some, like, of the gore clips, like, online. But, um, that's one I definitely do want to see, because that's Eli Roth, I believe. It is. 
Um, then like scary stories to tell in the dark, I had never seen. I I just watched it last night, and I I let me say this: PG thirteen. Okay, you okay. scarier than half the R movies I saw though. Oh really? Yeah, like creep me out more. Okay, because you said PG thirteen, and I was going to immediately go. Okay, I won't watch it. No, it's worth watching. It's not well scarier, subjective, but more suspenseful. I'll put it that way. You know, okay, horror movies where you just watch, you're like, okay, I still like this, and then ones where you're like, oh shit, this this was on oh shit scale. And uh, you said about you said the one it was Scooby Doo, which Scooby Doo, like Zombie Island, uh, live action, dude. Oh really? Okay, yeah, the live yeah. action one's really good. Yeah. I love Zombie Island too. Terror Time the Night is still a banger. Yeah, and um, which one is it? Uh, the Witch's Ghost that has that great like goth girl band. Yeah, which I re- like. That's must be like uh, growing up watching that when uh, at a very impressionable age. I see why. <laughs> oh, that put me on bad relationships with a lot of girls. I can trace back to that movie. Like, oh, she has dark eyeliner and dark hair. Exactly. <laughs> But um, are there any, like, I know there's a few more I need to watch before the year's up because there's just certain movies you need to watch. Like, I've watched Trick or Treat in September, but I need to watch it this year. I mean, this month. Um, So, like, ones that I am like, fuck, I wanted to watch that before Halloween? Yeah, or ones that, were like, with it still approaching and we still have Saturday, too. What are, like, a couple of them that you know you're going to need to watch? Trick or Treat's a big one. I wanted to knock out at least another Critters movie. Um, Mars Attacks, Plan 9, um, Sleepaway Camp. Now, I probably won't hit all of these, but these are the ones I was like, shit, I wanted to watch these this Halloween season. Yeah. Um, and the two Fridays I still need to do to knock out the whole franchise. Okay. You? Yes, I got. Uh, I still want to watch uh, Trick or Treat, um, Halloween 3. Um, Lords of Salem, that's definitely one. Um, usually I save House of a Thousand Corpses for Halloween Day, but I really wanted to watch it the other day, so I already watched that one. Praise Dr. Satan. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen the, um, did we already talk about this on the podcast, the, uh, clip from Devil's Rejects where Dr. Satan was in the hospital and kills No, we talked about that. Not on microphone, surprisingly. We talked about that in person. Okay, that must have been during the car trip up to Blairstown. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I love that scene. And, well, it's the deleted scene in Devil's Rejects where Dr. Satan is in the hospital and Rosario Dawson gets her neck chewed out by him. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, Tusk, too, just because Kevin Smith horror movie. Oh, yeah, I love Tusk. I definitely want to do an episode on that here coming up soon. Oh, I can't wait. That'll be a fun one. Um then like son of frankenstein i definitely need to watch uh dracula i got a lot more watching i need to do <laughs> yeah me too and the thing is i know i won't hit all of it but i'm dreaming big but i know halloween day i will i watch them there's constantly a movie on so i'm probably gonna be able to knock out like five or six in that day alone yeah so what are you doing on halloween day you're just hanging out watching horror movies what's your plans yeah i have off uh, that day from work, luckily. Um, yeah, and usually I just wake up in the morning. I will probably go get a pumpkin spice coffee. Um, then just throw on horror movies, like, you know, cook breakfast and whatnot. And then just continually watch horror movies and drink and carve pumpkins 
until I pass out later that night. That sounds like an amazing day. Yeah, but most I, of that day is, yeah, it's most of it's dedicated to uh, drinking a lot. My, my Halloween day, part of it got stolen from me this year. I um, am an ordained minister. And before you're like, this guy says fuck on the show all the time. I'm not religious. I got it online. Um, so I'm doing a wedding on Saturday on Halloween. Oh, they're getting married on Halloween. Yeah, and oh, that was great. like part part of the thing. So I get to throw some cool like Halloween stuff references into the speech and all that. Okay. Um, and then the end of the day will be much like the way you described. Yeah, um, I did already buy my costume as well. Uh, even though I don't go out trick-or-treating, I will still run around in a costume most of Halloween day. Because why not? Yes. Uh, I went to Spirit Halloween and got the Fiend mask from the Misfits. Hell yeah, my favorite band having tattooed on my body. And I went to Walmart and got myself a cape. So I'm running around I saw that. all day long. I retweeted it on the network here. Uh, have you had a moment? Do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior, the Misfits? Yes. I saw that and I've seen this mask for the last couple years and kept wanting to get it. Finally, this year I pulled the trigger and I'm so glad I did. Yeah. It's actually, um, it's, it's the kind, it's like the Ben Cooper style, like hard plastic mask. Yeah. It's a lot better quality than that. It's, um, it's actually a pretty thick plastic. It doesn't feel like one of those ones that you're going to break while breathing on it. Weird. That's probably better than the quality they used to sell at their shows when I'd go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really, um, I'm really glad I ended up getting that. The Misfits. I should talk about as well. I will be listening on Halloween to a lot of Alice Cooper, the Misfits, old school AFI, stuff like that. I was going to say, like, from about now until uh, until um, Halloween is I usually listen to solely the Misfits. Yeah, that's the best way to go. They used to come to Pittsburgh every October. And so it was part of my Halloween tradition. Then oh, this is the lineup where it was Jerry and then Black Flag pretty much. But still, like I'd go see the as every October I'd get to go see the Misfits, which was just perfect. There's also a um there's gonna be a concert going on at McGarvey's downtown. Uh with a couple punk bands on Halloween night. Right, I'm not there. sure if I'm gonna go to it or not. Brett. Hey. Uh-huh. What? You there? Yeah. Uh, you cut after I got done saying I'd see the Misfits every October. Your uh, connection dropped for a second. Oh, shit. Am I back? Yeah, you're back now. Okay, cool. Um, So I said I go see them every October. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this October uh, downtown, there's a bar that's doing a Halloween show. Uh, McGarvey's is doing like two punk bands that night on Halloween night. Now, I don't know if I want to go to that on Halloween night or if I just want to plant myself in front of the television but i might end up going to a show dude i miss shows i don't know if i'm going to them yet or not but that sounds like a good time well i thought also they're doing it's in the um parking lot that's across the street oh okay cool then yes so at least like yeah if it was like an indoor show like that i definitely wouldn't go but since it's like an outdoor show it really kind of depends on the weather yeah i mean i I was going to say, because I've done my fair share of punk shows, and we met at a punk show that I was playing, and I know how punk shows go, and I'm like, uh, maybe not now. Yeah, right now might not be the best time for an indoor one, but... Yeah, outdoor sounds cool, though. Yeah, and uh, I've never been to, like, a concert on Halloween night, so I'm almost... I might go. I'm not 100% sure yet. Yeah, that'd be cool. 
but then especially uh well um and then halloween night as tradition is like it's from i can remember from my growing up with my family to now you know with me and liz kind of having our own thing going on we make chili every halloween night oh yeah yeah y'all it's always chili i don't know why or where it started but um well i know it's like i don't know why mom and dad started doing it but i can from i remember when i was little all the way up halloween night means chili (laughs) oh there you go which i always i'm really looking forward to that no, you got anything else you want to drop into this one for the good people? Uh, no, I think, um, God, we've done like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, well, let's be honest. Part of that, you did a bathroom break. I got a cut. Then our mic's cut. So we'll trim it down. Don't worry. Let's not yeah. get too high on ourselves here. But, um, no, I mean, I don't really have anything else right now. Um, you know, just happy Halloween, everyone. I hope you guys have a great night. Um, just whatever your traditions are just do them and if you were to uh you know want to share anything or anything like that um the tw- uh show's twitter account is at throbbing horror um i'm gonna oh someone ca- carve a throbbing with horror pumpkin i want to see that i i keep meaning to because i just it's so many words wait call. yeah what the hell bro you have the show why haven't you carved one well i've just been i've been busy uh-huh i've been watching movies for the show yeah <laughs> All right. Well, I hope everyone has a happy Halloween. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. And, uh, you know, stay spooky. Bonfires burning bright. Punker faces in the night. I remember Halloween. What's up, everyone? It is the undisputed podcast champion, Razor Rob, coming at you from his lair, wanting to wish you a happy Halloween. Enjoy this week's episode of Throbbing with Horror. What's up, guys? It's Greg from Ruthless Retrospective and Geek Positive, and just wanted to say happy Halloween, everyone. This is Brandon from Theodore Defeater wishing you a happy Halloween.